0: welcome back to the six figure social worker podcast it's your girl la i am your six figure social worker so today we will be furthering the topic on private practice focusing on how to formulate your business and really looking at the legal requirements and making sure that this is something that you desire to do so if this is your first time tuning in again i designed this podcast to teach social workers how to make a living while they're making a difference. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you once again for tuning in. And today, I would like to start off this topic on private practice and finances with understanding the challenges of working um, or running a private practice. If you are just coming out of grad school and you desire to run a private practice or you're tired of working for someone else and you just have this desire to start your own private practice. There are a couple of things I would like for you to consider. First of all, I want you to consider the expenses of running a private practice, really looking at office space, looking at the electricity, you know, the other bills that come along with having your office space, um, phone bills, cable, like internet services, and a lot of those things, and really seeing, would you want to hire an employee, right, and looking at the taxes, or if you will offer benefits and provide a competitive salary. Also, you want to look at the taxes that you will have to pay as a self-employed individual. Look at your work style. So in private practice, that's the one thing that no one else is telling you what to do. So you will have to manage your own time. You will have to do your schedule based on um, the time that you have available and making sure you're not double booking or any of those things. So these are intricate things that people don't consider when they're um, launching into starting their own private practice also just because you start your private practice does not mean that you're able to run away from the paperwork so there's still paperwork that goes along with private practice especially if you are accepting insurance reimbursement so you want to consider that as well understanding the legal requirements so you want to look at your state and local zoning um, laws when you're considering where you would um, want to start your private practice at and whether you need um, business insurance or a business license. And what's the best um, way to incorporate your business as a um, separate entity? Do you want an LLC? Do you want an S Corp? So really looking at all of those things, male practice and professional liability insurances. And so when you're starting, or at least considering starting your private practice, I'm just going over the basis as it relates to, um, the behind the scenes things. I I run into a lot of social workers who are good at talking to people, right? But then when it comes to documentation or, um, management, right, they tend to struggle in this area. So as you begin to formulate your business plan, you want to ask yourself the question, Um, How much money do you need to make each year to keep practicing? So look at that. Really calculate. Sit down and calculate. How much money do you need to make each year to keep um, your practice running? How much do you need to bring in each year to earn a decent living? Your financial goals, such as earning enough to hire a second therapist. So you want to look at all of this stuff. Goals for the first month for the first year, for the first six months, for the first five years, what does that look like for you in order for you to be successful in business? If you need to take out a loan, and so you wanna consider all of these things when you're um, thinking about starting your own private practice. So for example, if you know you need to make um, 2,000 a month, right? Then you want to look at, okay, if I charge $100 per session. How many people do I need to, um, counsel each week in order to make that 2000 every week or every two weeks? And that's the benefit of private practice because you can set your own, um, price within legal limits, right? But you also can set your own schedule, so as you're beginning to make the decision to start your own private practice, you definitely want to um, consider this. When you're looking at space, consider the confidentiality of your clients. Also, consider office furniture and how you want to decorate your office. Looking at technology, will you again offer telehealth services or will it be office based only? The security concerns, are you in, in a well-lit Um, Place. These are all the things you want to look at as you begin to um, branch out into starting your own private practice. It was interesting when um, I decided to start my own private practice. When I started, again, I was sharing with you all that I started my private practice to provide services to helping professionals. Because one of the things I realized is that while we're busy helping others, oftentimes we tend to neglect ourselves. And one of the things I realized, and I of, often share with others, is that just because we have titles, it does not exempt us from experiencing life issues. So that was the number one reason why I branched off into starting my own private practice. When I did that, I had no private practice clients. I had been in a behavioral health organization um, from the beginning of my career. So starting off in the private practice for me was definitely a leap of faith. I knew that I had to be paneled with various insurances. I had to ask myself, would I be cash based or would I provide um, services to individuals who have private insurance or public insurance? And in order to do that, I, I realized that it was a process, right? I had to do the application and make sure that I was paneled with the various insurance companies. So you want to also consider that, consider whether or not you will be cash-based or um, accept insurance, private and public insurance. If you go back to a previous episode, I interviewed a young lady who also during the pandemic, stepped out in faith and began her own private practice. And she was sharing that she made more in her private practice, providing services, seeing less clients, cash-based only. She made more doing that than she did working for, um, an agency. And so you want to consider that you want to consider what you're making now, um, how many hours you're working versus what you could be doing if you had your own private practice or work at a private practice underneath someone else just to get that experience. Also, those of you who are questioning whether or not you need a licensure, listen to me. Most, as, at least my knowledge base, you will need a licensure in order to build insurance now you may not need a license in order to work at various agencies like i know some individuals who may work for a child protective services right they may not need a licensure as much as they do a degree so they can have a bachelor's in social work or a master's in social work and never have taken the licensure exam But in order for you to bill most insurances, you have to be a licensed individual. So in my state of Ohio, we are licensed, so L-I-S-W, so licensed independent social workers. And so we have to be tested for that. And we also have to have a few years of supervision before we can actually become independently licensed. So you wanna check your own home state to see what are the rules and regulations concerning that and um, create a business plan. So you'll be able to say, okay, you know what? This is the population I want to work with. These are the challenges um, or the problems or issues I actually want to um, practice in. And the age limit, you want to look at all of that stuff. Because when people are reaching out to you, they want to know, do you specialize in working with children? Do you specialize in trauma? What about um, human trafficking victims? Are you specialized in working with that particular population? And so you want to really look at exactly what population do you believe you will be able to thrive in and then begin to go in that direction. Get certificates, making sure you're positioning yourselves in those areas. I hope I'm making this clear for you because I know a lot of you have reached out to me concerning starting your own private practice. What are the pros and cons? And today I've been going off of some of the questions that some of my social work students have asked me. And so I'm just breaking those questions down and making sure that or at least trying to answer them as clearly and precisely as I absolutely can. So, again, I'm going off of research as well as my own Um, personal experience as it relates to me starting my own private practice. One of the things I realized, remember, when I started my private practice, I had zero clients, zero. And now I'm actually having to book people three, four weeks out. Even now, I am recording this episode in May. I'm already booked out until July, but I have some other obligations as well. So I contract with behavioral health organizations. So it's not that I'm just working at my private practice. I commit so many hours to my private practice. So those are the things you have to consider. Is private practice is what you want to do full time? Is this a part time thing? What is it? So really looking at all of those things as you're beginning to really step out. So how do you market? So, One of the ways that I market my private practice is through social media. Often I go live on Facebook and when I go live on Facebook, nine times out of 10, I'm getting someone to reach out and asking and inquiring about mental health counseling. And so if you're going to do that, you want to actually utilize the social media that's available in order to get what you do, your services that you provide out to the public. Also, I'm on psychology today. So when individuals are looking for an African-American therapist, they're able to go to psychology today and they're able to pull me up. And so you want to look at those different um, avenues as it relates to how you market yourself when you're beginning to um, start your private practice. Okay, so just a recap, you want to number one, set clear goals, right? Clear policy goals. What type of payments are you willing to accept, right? How much will you charge per session? Because there will be individuals that are seeking your service that may not have insurance, but they're willing to pay out of pocket. Can you offer discounts or a sliding fee scale? So you want to look at all of that stuff. What is your policy concerning appointment cancellations? You want to look at all of that because if people are booking in certain slots right and then you're setting your budget based on the the individuals that you have scheduled and if people are canceling at the last minute then that means that that's income that you did not receive because someone decided to no-show and they took up that space so what does that look like what is your cancellation policy if they cancel, um, what, within 24 hours, there's no fee. If they cancel six hours, like you wanna really look at that. I'm sharing with you the small intricate things. What about the policy or the conduct, the code of conduct when individuals are in your office? I remember I had a situation where a client came in and um, she had got used to um, our relationship. She got, she familiarized, I guess, herself Um, with our relationship. And so, um, she became, what's the word? She became, um, disorderly. (laughs) That's the word for lack of a better word. She became disorderly. So, you know, I was like, okay, so I'm really stern when it comes to business, really stern, set clear boundaries. And so, but after that experience, I realized, wait, I don't have anything in the intake packet that talks about behavioral conduct in my building. So, um, that's one of the things that I had to put together. So those are things that you want to really look at when you're deciding to start your own private practice. Okay. So another question is our um, thing to consider. Under what circumstances will you refer a client to another treatment provider? So... I understand that in my private practice, there's certain things that I that's out of my scope, right? So for example, if someone come into my private practice and they may be having addiction issues, one of the things I would encourage them and try to refer them would be to a behavioral health organization, right? Or somewhere that provides services for um, addiction. And so I, me recognizing that I specialize, and although... I'm able to um, serve individuals with addiction. My primary goal is to really look underneath that, so really serving people and helping them understand. Okay, why am I using? What is that traumatic event or experience that I have? What is this this um, blocking belief or the way that I'm looking at myself? What is this that's causing me to go to drugs and alcohol for relief? So these are all the things that I want you to consider. So again, I want to stop there. If you have any questions, any comments, any um, thing that you would like for me to cover as we're going on the series of private practice please reach out. Do not hesitate. I am here to make sure that I'm providing information. Again, that's designed to teach you how to make a living while you're making a difference and to make sure that I'm giving you practical information that will help you be successful in the field of social work. Some of the things that I share, they don't share that in school. I didn't learn it in school. So you really want to, you know, um, be mindful of the limitations or the limited information that school gave us, even though it helped us get to this point, right? And so we're constantly learning. So pay attention, right? Look at um, the, you, the assembly of clients right forms, right? So client intake form and what basic information you're gathering, the assessment tool that you're gonna use, disclosure information, All of that stuff you really want to take into consideration. So again, it's your girl, LA. I am your fixed figure social worker. I am here to teach you how to make a living while you're making a difference. Thank you once again for tuning in and I will see you on the next episode.